0: Hallelujah, Hallelujah! praise the Lord, man, God is good, amen, and all the time, God is good. Man, if we were to take and everybody tell about the good things God has done in your life, we'd spend the rest of the week just one after the other. How many of you know you could go a good eight hours talking about the goodness of God and still not cover all that He's done for you in your life? My, 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 what a good, good God we serve Thank you guys for coming out and joining with me as we come together to do something that God loves. God loves it when we gather together. God loves it when we praise Him in in congregation. He loves it when we lift our hands and lift our voices and shout. He said, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. He said we can praise Him with a dance and we can praise Him with a shout. We can praise Him with the cymbals. We can praise Him with the stringed instruments. We can praise Him if we've got breath, He said. He loves it when we gather together. He said he inhabits the praises of his people. He, Yashab, he moves in with covenant authority and covenant power and covenant provision. He just loves it when we gather together. Why do you think the church has been gathering together for 2,000 years under the greatest oppression and under the greatest uh, attempts to shut down and silence the church? The church 2,000 plus years is still alive and well. Why? Because it is the heartbeat of God. It is the heartbeat of God. You got up this morning and thought you were going to do yourself a favor, but really, you're blessing the Lord. He says, I am blessed. I am blessed when you gather together in my name. And he says, I'm so blessed when you gather together in unity that I'm going to release a blessing on you. And he said, it's going to be like oil that flows from the head through the beard of the priest all the way down to his feet. I'm going to let it flow on you, anointing and favor, he says, because of the unity that you come together and to worship me. Oh, my. What we've just done and what we're doing now and studying his word together, this is God's plan. This is God's heart. This blesses him. Now, whether you like it or not, if we're blessing the Lord, I'm all in. I'm all in if this is something God wants I'm all in the one that gives me the breath the one that causes my heart to beat when I'm asleep and when I'm awake and I've got nothing plugged in making it beat and keeping me alive and causing these eyes to see all the color and all the peripheral vision and all and my brain to be able to remember just that gray matter in there being able to do and think and create and and my feet and my hands being able to work man he's the one doing this for me come on now if he, gets, if he gets a thrill and it blesses him for us to come together and to worship him and study his word, I'm in. I'm in. You can call me crazy. I don't care. You can say you're not going to join me. That's your problem. That's your loss. Amen. But you are joining me. Thank you for being here this morning at Christian Embassy. You could have done this in many houses of worship across uh, this Hampton Roads area you chose christian embassy and because of that i'm just going to say lord bless them extra special now i know he says okay pastor i understand you little you got a little fondness of, of, of christian embassy so but i'm just going to ask him extra favor extra favor amen put some peanut butter in their chocolate and they can have a reese's peanut butter cup that won't gain a pound from amen <laughs> praise the lord so, we're excited about gathering together. This is a, an amazing time of the year as well, as uh, we're coming at the culmination of the seven feasts that the Lord has set up to, uh, set up for us to learn of Him, to study and to not forget uh, what He has done and what He's promised to do. For thousands of years, He had these feasts set up and they were all pointing towards uh, the fulfillment of what He was going to do in and through His Son, Jesus Christ. And the exciting thing is these first four, these spring feasts here, uh, have already been fulfilled in fullness in and through Jesus Christ. How exciting is that? And as much as they have been fulfilled, these final three are going to be fulfilled in the same way. And uh, so how, we just need to, to be aware of where we're at in the plan of God. Uh, we see Passover was fulfilled in the crucifixion of Jesus Christ where He became the Passover Lamb and that Passover Lamb, that was, His blood was shed. Uh, it's no coincidence that at the same hour, at the same day of Passover, Jesus is hanging on the cross and His blood is being shed while the Passover Lamb's blood is being shed in the temple. No coincidence there. Somebody thought there was a problem and, and we got off schedule when Jesus fell as he was trying to carry the cross uh, to the top of the mount there uh, for the crucifixion and he had to have assistants come in to help uh, get the cross there somebody says we're getting off schedule no we weren't getting off schedule that was the delay to keep us on schedule because at the exact 3 p.m. when they were slaying the blood of the Passover lamb that is the exact time Jesus' blood is flowing off of Mount Calvary there's no coincidence in that And then Him being the unleavened bread, that He was without sin. He was the spotless Lamb. All those little lambs pointed to Him to be the Lamb of God that would come and take away the sins of the world. And He was the unleavened bread, without leaven, without sin, as the sacrifice for us. So it's no coincidence that it happened at the same time. And then it's no coincidence that on the third day, come on now, on the third day at the Feast of first fruits, that Jesus Christ, being the first fruit from the dead, it was raised from the grave. On the third day, He arose, He arose hallelujah christ jesus arose there's no coincidence uh, that this just fell on the same time this was all god's feast pointing to what was to come and now being fulfilled to the exact perfect fulfillment in and through jesus christ and then there's no coincidence that 50 days later that when jesus told the disciples to tarry until they've been endued from on high with power somebody say power What does Jesus want us to have? Power. Endued with power from on high... That, that 50 days at a feast called Pentecost and it was called Pentecost because that means 50 days 50 days after the resurrection that they were in the upper room you remember and the Bible says that there was a mighty sound of a rushing wind that comes from heaven and tongues as a fire set upon each of them and they began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of God gave utterance and they were filled with the Holy Spirit of God they were filled with power hallelujah and then Peter stands up and preaches his first sermon in power and three thousand are saved which brings us to the church age the church was birthed on the day of pentecost we were birthed in power we were birthed with authority we were birthed with the presence of god and that now that's where we're at in the church age this is where we are you and i are in this period of the church age and we have a responsibility We have been given the source of God's power and the source of God's presence so that we would stand up and be light and be salt and be world changers and be able to turn cities right side up and be able to usher in the presence and the power and the glory of God here on earth as it is in heaven. You have the DNA of God. You are not here just to fill time and space. You are not just here to take a social security number. You're not just here to fill up a history book book of some genealogical uh, tree of somewhere. You were destined by God not to be born in 1905, not to be here in 1807, but to be here in 2017 because He has a purpose and a plan for your life. He has anointing and a call on your life. He has glory and He has authority and He has power that He wants to flow through your life. This is the church age and you and I have been called of God to to be a part of the church age, to be the light of heaven here on earth. The Bible says that the day is coming and these fall feasts are pointing towards that. The day is coming where the Antichrist will have uh, uh, no, no challenge and he will be able to bring tribulation upon this earth like never seen or heard of before. But the Bible says there is something standing in his way today. The Bible says until that is removed, The Antichrist, while his spirit is here to try and influence, he cannot do what he wants to do. And once this thing is removed from the earth, then the tribulation will begin. Now many theologians over in the past years have argued and and, and tried to figure out what was that that was going to be removed. And they came down to two conclusions. Either it's going to be the Holy Spirit of God that is removed... <clears throat> and, uh, and, and, and that one I have to immediately say, no, no. Why? Because is not the Spirit of God God? Isn't God the Father and God the Son and God the Holy Spirit God? Well, we know three things about God. He is omnipotent. He is all-powerful. He is omniscient. He is all-knowing. And He's omnipresent. He is everywhere at all times. So David says, I can even go to the pit of Sheol, or hell, and there you are, the Spirit of God. So let me tell you what, ain't nobody got the muscle to take God out of this world. He created it, and let me tell you what, nobody's going to take him out. But the Bible says, and these theologians says, well, the second option would be, as we know has to be the truth, that the church is going to be taken out. The scripture says that in the twinkling of an eye, the dead in Christ shall rise and we who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And after that, the judgment will begin. So I believe, and I know that's what the word teaches, that the church, our day is coming where there's going to be the trump of God, the trumpets Rosh Hashanah, and there's going to be a rapture of us who are alive who will be caught up with those first who are dead in Christ. Now, their, their bodies are going to be resurrected to be absent with the, from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. So the moment they died, their spirit went to heaven. Our, our parents and our grandparents and all those who have gone before in Christ, they're in heaven now. But God has a plan for these bodies. Did you know that? He's got a plan for these bodies and Jesus is the first fruit of the resurrection and He was resurrected bodily as well. And in that resurrected body, probably about 30, 33 years old, without pain, without sorrow, without uh, any weakness, without any limitation, all those wrinkles will be gone. All those skin spots will be gone. All that pain will be gone. All that stiffness will be gone. It'll be glorified. Hallelujah, glorified. So that he says our bodies are going to be glorified. So he has a plan for us body, spirit, and soul even throughout eternity. So we know that that Rosh Hashanah, trumpet's going to sound, and that is yet to happen. And we just celebrated Rosh Hashanah uh, two weeks ago and what an amazing time that was because we are still anticipating and looking forward to. We're keeping our oil, our lamps filled with oil and burning, and as the Scripture says, that we are watching and waiting and we're expecting at any time for the Lord to catch us away, to rapture the church. Until then... We've got work to do. Until then, we are the bodies. Our bodies are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says. Did you not know that your body now is the temple of the Holy Ghost? So he wants to work in and through your body. So we as a church have a responsibility. And the Bible says that if we operate in the way we're created, the Antichrist, while his spirit is trying to influence, he cannot do what he wants to do. We're holding back the devil's plan. We're holding back what the devil has desired to see fulfilled on this earth. Somebody ought to feel like your muscles in your chest and your core and your, your arms and your shoulders and your legs. You ought to feel them. Feel, them. just go ahead and flex a little bit. Anybody, show your guns. Show your guns. Some of you got, got some. Don't bring your real gun out, though, okay? okay. Don't want anybody to get in trouble here. But nonetheless, we, we uh, got to see who we are. That we are God's plan to advance His kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. That there are those who are lost. There are those who have not called on the name of Jesus and they're on their way to hell and God doesn't want them to go to hell. There are those who have not placed their faith in Jesus Christ and they're on their way to hell and God does not want them to go to hell. So He's put us, the church here, so that we can be light. To expose the darkness that we could be salt that could bring forth the preservation of heaven on the earth, and that we could bring the, some taste into this world. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. That's why, as a Christian, you shouldn't go around with your head hanging down, and you shouldn't go around with your head uh, looking around. Uh, we need to go around with our head looking up. Because where does our help come from? Our help comes from the Lord. When you're looking down, you're looking at your stuff. You're looking at your problems. You're looking at your limitations. And the devil will call you to crash. And if you're looking around, the devil's going to point out the weakness in everybody around you. And as much as you think that you got a halo on your head and there's no imperfection in anything you say or do... Others will find imperfection if they look at you. You know it's true. Amen. So we can't be looking to others, to the arm of the flesh. We are to look to God and to trust the Lord and to depend on the Lord because He is good. Hallelujah. And let me tell you what, what we need to do is we need to rise up as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ and we need to exercise the authority that God has given us. I'm telling you that God, this is how Jesus sees it. Jesus says, I'd rather you be hot or what? cold get in or get out be all for me or don't even claim you know me because when you're lukewarm when you got one foot in and one foot out and you halfway in and halfway out and you half-hearted he says you cause sickness in the body of Christ it is a hypocrisy and it causes the body of Christ to suffer He says, I'll throw you up. He's basically, the body of Christ needs to throw you out, throw you up because you're Luke 1. Be hot or be cold because we're in spiritual warfare here. This is a real battle that we're in and there ain't no playing when there's real battle. When you're on the battlefield and they're doing a reenactment, and they point at you and go, bang! And you know it's just smoke and there's nothing coming at you. You can play dead before the reenactment, but you're laying there laughing because it's not real. But that reenactment is telling you that there once was a day when there were real bullets flying. There was real lead flying. There was real cannonballs flying. And people's lives were destroyed because of it. Let me tell you what. We're not playing war here this is not playing a war we are in a real battle Do you hear what I'm saying? And the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we have been given authority over all the power of the enemy. But authority can be clapped at, and authority can be shouted at, and authority can be appreciated uh, and stories written about and cards written about. But unless it's exercised, it's not going to be effective. We've got to exercise the authority that we have. That authority He has given us that in the name of Jesus, us we can say devil no we can say spirit of of darkness no we can say demons of hell no we can rebuke the devil and he will flee we can we need to take the authority he has given us and bind and loose on earth so it can be bound or loose in heaven And we don't want to go mess up with God's perfect heaven of binding and loosing, but He tells us we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but we're wrestling against powers and, and spiritual principalities and wickedness in heavenly places. That's where the battle is. He said, You're not fighting flesh and blood and you don't need to be fighting God's heaven but in these heavenly places there's these spiritual forces that are behind all the evil and he says I've given you authority uh, that you in the name of Jesus can command, bind or loose so whatever the devil has bound up and keeping from you, you need to stand as an ambassador in the embassy of your presence and you need to say I loose it in the name of Jesus, I I lose finances in my life. I lose healing in my life. I lose joy in my life. I lose peace in my life. Whatever he's bound, you need to lose it because whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. And if the devil's on you and he's trying to get on you, you need to bind him. You need to bind that spirit of fear in the name of Jesus. You need to bind that despondency in the name of Jesus. You need to bind that spirit of depression in the name of Jesus. You need to bind that spirit of poverty in the name of Jesus you need to bind that spirit of infirmity in the name of Jesus you have power over you have authority over the power and this is what the church age is all about is for us to let the light of heaven shine on earth so bright that those that are in darkness would see and say I want some of Jesus I want some of that I want that authority. I want that power. I want that love. I want that forgiveness. I want that plan of God for my life. Oh, we go around with our heads hanging down as children of God, whining and complaining, and can't get my arm up, and I can't get my leg over, and can't get my wallet out. And, oh, my goodness. And the world looks at us and says, you know, Christians, they don't pay their bills. You know, Christians, they're always talking about one another. Christians, they're always whining about their sickness. And Christians are always crying about their kids. And Christians, you know, and and the world says, you know what? I'm doing better than they are. Why do I want to be a Christian? Let me tell you what, you're violating the church age when you do that. Jesus said, be hot or cold, don't be lukewarm. You need to know that no matter what the devil has done to steal from you, it's coming back. The Bible says you identify the thief and he's got to pay you seven times what he sold from you. It's coming back. So instead of whining about what you lost, you need to start thanking God for what's coming back. If you lost 10,000, 70,000 is coming back, that should put a little pep in somebody's step in Jesus name. If you lost a year due to bad health uh, you're going to be given seven years of good health back in store for that somebody instead of whining about the scars of the past you start rejoicing for the stars of the future that God has given you. We're the church age. We're the hope of the world. God has no other plan but for you and me. That's why we're the head and not the tail and above only and not beneath that we're blessed to be going in and blessed coming out blessed in the city blessed in the field he's redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us for cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might come upon us even the Gentiles somebody say the blessing is mine and I receive it in Jesus name hallelujah so we got Rosh Hashanah saying there is a rapture and a resurrection of the believers that have died in Christ's coming. And it could take place at any moment. And as we continue to celebrate this, it is reminding us to keep looking forward, but being the church until that happens. Being the, being the, uh, the speed bump. Being that, that gate that is holding back the Antichrist wanting to, to bring the destruction. Some people look at the world and they say things are getting bad and they're getting worse and worse and worse. And we began to point fingers at governments. And we began to point fingers at elected officials. And I say, shame on us. Shame on us. What we need is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ with the power of heaven that manifests on earth for us to rise up and begin to exercise our authority over the principalities and the powers and the rulers of darkness in these heavenly places. Uh, These spirits that are working through elected officials. These spirits that are working through governments. These spirits that are working through powerful people on this earth. Those powerful people, the Bible says, their wealth should be transferred to the righteous. The wealth of the wicked to the righteous. Instead of us saying oh they got the money So they got the power We need to say in the name of Jesus Transfer come into the church So the church the world starts Coming to the church for answers The world starts coming to the church for help The world starts coming to the church for guidance The world starts coming to the church For righteousness The world starts coming to the church Because the spirit of antichrist Wants just the opposite of what God wants He's antichrist So if Christ wants you married man and woman, the Antichrist wants you married man and man and woman and woman. If Christ wants you to be male and female, the Antichrist wants you male to say, I'm going to be female, and female, I'm going to be male. If the Christ says, I want you to come together in the covenant of marriage and it be holy, that's what Christ wants. The Antichrist says, away with that. We're just going to tag who we want, live with who we want, and there will be no commitment. See, the Antichrist wants just the opposite of what Christ wants. And we are not to stand here and blame Jesus because the Spirit of Christ is not dominating the Spirit of the Antichrist. Why? Because Jesus says it it is good for you that I go to the Father. Because what I did as one individual, what I did, the same works you're going to do corporately, but greater works after you receive the Spirit of God. So let me tell you what, together as the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, we can canvass the whole earth and the glory of the Lord can cover the earth as the waters cover the sea by the power of the Spirit of God. But we've got to take our stand in the spiritual authority that God has called us. He's not called us to punch with flesh and blood. You can get on Facebook and punch with flesh and blood if you want. I'm telling you, there is no power in that is power, as the proverb says, as a fist twists the nose, so, so will blood come. You can have some bloody noses that way. But let me tell you what, there's a higher way. There's for you to rise up in who you are as an ambassador from the embassy that God has called you to be a part of on this earth. And you can say, not in my territory. No, sir, you're demons. You're not going to fly around in my territory and, and spew your, your evil on this neighborhood, on this workplace, on this school, on this church, on this uh, uh, marketplace. No! And you start warring in the, in the spirit realm. For the Bible says our weapons are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds and bringing them to the obedience of who? Christ. Hallelujah. So Rosh Hashanah is coming. My, 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 I get so excited. Praise the Lord. And then there's the Feast of Atonement. We just experienced that this Friday. Yesterday at sunset ended uh, the Feast of Atonement which uh, corresponds with the second coming, because Jesus, the Bible said, is coming back to this earth... Now, the rapture is not the second coming because we meet Him in the air, but the Bible says that we are coming back with Him at the second coming, and He's going to come, Day of Atonement, and then there's going to be what's coming up this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, sundown, to next Wednesday sundown, the final of the seven feasts, the Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, is going to be, and that is in correspondence with His messianic kingdom reign, where the Bible says he's going to come and set up his kingdom for a thousand years of peace here on this earth. Now there's more after that and we can talk about that at another time. But so that we can say this was truly a Bible study, we've got to get a verse of scripture in, okay? So, so that you can't go out here and say, Pastor just preached and I don't even know where he came out of the Bible. Okay, Leviticus 23, look at this scripture here. And uh, the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel saying, The fifteenth day of the seventh month shall be the feast of tabernacles for seven days. That's why sundown this Wednesday till sundown next Wednesday. Seven days unto the Lord. And then verse 42 goes on to say, You shall dwell in booths, he says, for seven days. All who are native Israelites shall dwell in booths that your generations may know. Say no. God wants you to know something. He wants the generations coming after us to know something. He doesn't want this to be, to be lost that I am the one that made the children of Israel dwell in the booths when I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord, your God. See, the feast of tabernacles in Hebrew is called the season of great joy. Great joy. We're going into the week of what God says. I want my people to have so much joy that I'm going to have a feast and I'm going to call it the feast of great joy. I'm not going to let them forget I don't want their heads hanging down. I don't want them living in sorrow and shame. I want them living in the joy of the Lord. For the joy of the Lord is our strength the Bible says. So here we're celebrating that God has given us a new beginning and we're celebrating that we have survived another year that God has brought us to this place. We've received a harvest from last year, but the harvest he's got for this new year is better. It's better. Hallelujah. See, Rosh Hashanah is the new year. So we're now in the year 5, seven, 7, 8 as of two Wednesday nights ago. We entered into a new year. I know it's not January 1. We're not on the Gregorian calendar. We're on God's calendar through the scripture and that was uh, there at Rosh Hashanah, the new year. So in this new year, he wants us to celebrate with anticipation it's going to be a better year. There's going to be a better harvest. It's going to be better increase. You're going to, you're going to reach more people for Jesus. You're going to have more influence in the spiritual realm. You're going to advance the kingdom of God here on earth to a greater a territory. It's not by coincidence that God gave us this land after 25 years to expand to. I could have said uh, we had a better time to do it. Lord, give us some time. Give us some time. We just got into second story, got everything done here. Give us some time. But God says I'm going to keep you on a faith journey. He said, you know, it ain't about being easy because if it's easy, you're trusting in the arm of man. He said, it's going to be supernatural. He said, Tim, don't you want to be a part of a supernatural advancement that I'm doing here on earth that's representing what's happening in heaven and I said yes Lord yes so the day we dedicated this in June the first Sunday in June we dedicated upstairs the downstairs 25 year anniversary it all fell together and we were there celebrating and and, and worshiping God and God gave us the word you're going to expand to the right and the left we're like praise God that sounds good hallelujah and the next day a realtor sticks a sign out there to the right of our property after 20 25 years of praying wanting to be able to get that property when they sold it there it came the very next day Now i'm telling you it was an uncomfortable day for me because I knew what we had to do But the lord says is it going to be faith or is it going to be the hand of man? I said lord i'm going in faith i'm going in faith So the realtor called and they the the title clerk's office and attorney called are you ready to to close on this past friday? And I said, set it up, 2 o'clock, we're coming in. And uh, coming up close to Friday, we didn't have all the money. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'm, I'm walking faith. I'm walking faith. Then they called a little panicky. Uh, she's a widow, and she's asked that uh, we give her a little more time. She's had a little delay, and she, she needs to get the stuff off the property. Could you do it Tuesday? Uh, so Friday, I'm thinking Friday, well, that does give us another weekend. So, uh, so we'll say Tuesday. I said, is that the final? They said, yeah, that's the final. I said, okay, Tuesday at 2 o'clock. That's this coming Tuesday. And, uh, and then we get someone that says, how much is, how much is short? They said, well, we're 40,000 short. We call the we'll bookkeeping 40,000 short. And they said, well, I'll match up to 20,000. So, like, wow, that was just 20,000. If we get 20,000, that's 20,000. So, you know, so when we get, we finally close on this land, it's going to be a testimony to the Lord Jesus Christ that folks here that just built a building that's worth $5.7 million has also, right there in the same week they dedicated it to the Lord, reached out and took expansion of the, uh, of the scripture. And, and it's just a miracle. And is it for greed? No, it's for kingdom expansion. What does you mean, greed? The good thing is, we got, uh, already got a renter for the house that will start paying the church so it's going to be positive and helping until we need that to tear it down and everything for the, uh, the building of an advancement of a family life center and whatever the Lord tells us to do but it's just amazing to see what God does in and through his people that's people who will rise up and be the people of God, the church age hallelujah, now here in Leviticus he's talking about this feast of tabernacle, this feast of Sukkot's And it was very much what we would call here in America, Thanksgiving, if you want to know the the, the feel and the theme of it. Because if you study your history, you'll see that when the pilgrims first came here and had their first Thanksgiving, they had it at, at, at the Feast of Sukkot. That's when they had the first Thanksgiving. It wasn't the... Uh, Thursday, last Thursday in November. That's not when the first Thanksgiving was. It was actually on Sukkot's because Sukkot's is that feast of tabernacles of thanking God, looking to God and rejoicing in what God has done and what God is yet to do. So when, the, uh, when Europe, you know, the pilgrims came out of Europe, they looked at that as the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And the Egypt, you know, Israelites going through the Red Sea to the Promised Land, they looked at it as them coming through the Atlantic Ocean to the Promised Land that flowed with milk and honey. That's why when they got here, they founded this land and they established a cross and they said, this is a place where there will be freedom to worship God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And, and let me tell you what, they prayed in the name of Jesus as they dedicated this property to the Lord. So, all of this happens on Sukkot's at First Thanksgiving. Now, now the good thing is this. Uh, they recognized... And, and I don't want you to be in their shoes in order for you to recognize, but they recognize just as God calls Pharaoh to let the Israelites out of 400 years of bondage. And when they came through the Red Sea, God parted the water supernaturally. When they came on the other side, the Red Sea came back in and drowned the, the enemy that was following them. And the Israelites get into a desert land and their water comes out of the rock, quenches the thirst of millions of people and all of their livestock. And the Bible says that there was not one who was weak or one who was uh, feeble or one that was sick among them. Now they have uh, missionary revivals around the world and there's some places in third world countries where they've had uh, tens of thousands that would gather and they would gather to hear the preaching of the gospel or they would gather for a concert. And at the end of the concert they say there's normally seven, eight to nine people that are dead. And the police are not alarmed because they say it's statistically with that large of a number that many people is going to die. It wasn't foul play. It's just that many people die in that number. Statistically it just happens. But let me tell you what. Here are millions of people and the Bible specifically says not one was feeble, not one was weak, and not one was sick. Now that's what God did in the Old Covenant. Hallelujah. And they got thirsty in a desert where there is no water and God brought forth water to quench their thirst for 40 years. Do you hear what I'm saying? And there was no animals and not much going on in the desert so God rains down bread manna for 40 years and feeds them. And the harsh abrasive nature of sand that would cut through leather was not able to cut through the leather of their sandals for their sandals sandals did not wear out for 40 years and their clothes did not wear out in that harsh environment for 40 years and when it was hot during the day God came in as a cloud and he gave them shade and he gave them a sign of his presence and there they had the shade and the presence of God in the day and at night when it got cold and dark in the desert God was a pillar of fire where he was their he and he was their light bulb and he showed them his power and his presence during the night. He says, I'm the God of the day and I'm the God of the night and I can take care of you in a desert where there is nothing naturally could help you. Uh, The supernatural can help you. Uh, And he says, I want you to remember this. That's what he said here in Leviticus. I want the generations to come and the people to know and never forget what I have done. I want want you to be reminded that I am Jehovah Jireh I am your God I am your provider and I am your Jehovah Rapha I am your God I am your healer I will provide for you I will heal you I will deliver you I will destroy your enemies I will bring you water I will bring you food I just want you to remember who I am hallelujah now it's it's this part of scripture that really shows you some of the heart of God. Right before they go over into the promised land, Joshua was about to lead them into the promised land. And God says, I have a concern. Now, if God has a concern, I want to hear it. Because if he's concerned, boy, it must be a pretty big deal, right? He said, here's my concern, that you're going to cross over and the manna's going to stop and the supernatural water is going to stop, And the cloud by day is going to stop, And the pillar of fire is going to stop. But I'm going to bring you into the promised land. And it flows with milk and honey. And there are cities that are fortified that I'm going to turn over to you. You didn't build them. There are houses that you're going to be able to live in. I'm going to give them to you. There are vineyards you didn't plant. I'm going to give them to you. There's honey that the bees have been pulling together and and, and working on, and I'm going to give it to you. There are cows that are eating in the pastures and their milk bags are full, and you're going to have the milk and you're going to have cheese. I'm going to give it to you. And here's my concern, that when you get into this promised land and you move into your beautiful paneled houses, that you're going to forget me. That's what the Lord said, that you're going to forget me. You're going to forget I am the one that gives you the power to get well. You're going to forget that I'm the God that heals you. You're going to forget that I am Jehovah Jireh, your God, your provider. So here's what I want you to do. God says, I know you. I created you. I know you. Here's what I want you to do. Every year, I want you at Sukkot, I want you to build temporary tabernacles or these booths. And for seven days, I want you to eat your meals there or dwell in them. And these booths are to have uh, branches or, or pine branches or willow branches on the top so that you can see through them. I want you to come out of your beautiful houses. I want you to come out of your comfort and your blessings so that you're reminded that, that those things were given to you by God. They're not just, they didn't just happen. Come on now. So, so here, I want this is to remind you what the Israelites did for 40 years as they lived in these booths with open roofs. And he said the roof had to be open so that if the cloud by day, my presence, my comfort was to move, that you would pack up and move with the cloud so that you could stay in my anointing, you could stay in my presence, and you could stay within my power. And he says, and if at night... I choose to move at night and the pillar of fire to move that you have an open roof that you can see it moving so that you can pack up and move with the pillar of fire. Come on now. He says, because you've got to stay with me you got to keep your eyes on me. I'm the one that's giving you water out of the rock. I'm the one that's raining the bread down from heaven. I'm the one that's keeping everyone well with no sickness and no weakness. I'm the one that's keeping your shoes from wearing out. I'm the one that's keeping the clothes on your back. He says, follow me. Keep the roof open so your eyes are not looking down and your eyes are not looking around, but your eyes are looking up. You've got to look through the roof and keep your eyes on me. Now, how does that relate to us here today in 2017? I believe it says that no matter how blessed we are, we got to keep our eyes on God. That no matter how uh, strong in our body we are, we got to keep our eyes on God because He is covering us. He is our provider. He is our healer. Come on now. And, And if we lose sight of Him, then the enemy can come in and destroy us. Now God gave them a cloud by day and he gave them a pillar of fire by night. But let me tell you what, He has given us a pillar of fire and the Shekinah glory of the cloud of His Spirit to dwell in us so that now wherever He tells us to go, we're not following it. We are actually the church age. We're bringing the presence of God and the dominion of God and the expansion of God's kingdom here on earth wherever we go. But we've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. Look at somebody and say, keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on now, that didn't sound very evangelistic. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah. Because at Sukkot, God is saying, see, this next year, I have blessings for you. I have promotions for you. I have a greater harvest for you. I have greater miracles for you. I'm not a God that I have to repeat. I'm not a God that I can't outdo what I've done before. He says, I'll take you from glory to glory. And I'll take you from faith to faith. You stick with me and you'll go to heights you've never been. You'll see things you never dreamed of. He says, I'm the God of miracles. Hallelujah. But this year you're going into, i got blessings for you. I've got promotion for you. But don't take your eyes off of me. It's what the Lord would say. Because I'm the one that will bring you over. I'm the one that will bring you up. I'm the one that will bring you through, saith the Lord. God says, remember. God says, remember. Say to yourself, you need to remember. He tells us that our tendency is that when we are in need, we get our eyes on Him. Pop your hand and say, naughty, naughty. Why naughty? That we will only look to God when we're in pain. We'll only look to God when we're in need. We'll only look to God when things aren't looking too good. Come on now. God says, lukewarm. Lukewarm. I'd rather you be hot or cold. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus in the good times as well as the bad times. Come on now. I know when our marriage is restored and our business is taken off and our bodies don't hurt and our bank account has access, we tend to forget the Lord. But not not anymore. No, no, no. Go ahead and put a hole in your roof. Not literally. (laughs) If somebody goes and damages your roof and you're going to blame the preacher. I'm talking about your booth, your tabernacle. We're now the tabernacle, right? So you need to put a hole in your roof And keep your eyes looking up in the good and the bad. I mean, it was easy for them. 40 years, there were no stores. 40 years, there was no crops. 40 years, total dependence on God. 40 years, total dependence on on God's provision or there was no provision. And that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to look to Him. He wants you to depend on His supernatural nature. Did you hear what I said? Oh, away with the lie that the enemy has given the church that we only come to God if we do come to God is when we need an extreme miracle. Because somehow or another, God's on a budget. Somehow or another, we don't want to bother God. We, we don't want to trouble Him. Now, that's a lie. That's the Antichrist. Because Christ is saying, I want you to depend on me every day. I want you to look to me every day. I want you to depend on my supernatural nature every day. If all seven billion of us pulled one of the greatest miracles we've ever witnessed, at the same time the lights of heaven won't even blink. Do you hear what I'm saying? That is how great God is. And God says, open up the roof and keep it so that you can keep your eyes looking up. Look unto the hills from where my help comes from. My help comes from the Lord. Let me tell you what, I'm not looking to man, and I'm not looking to myself. I'm looking to God. Now, God may bring it through man, and God may bring it through me, but we were but vessels that God has used to bring it to earth. Hallelujah. Come on. There's another place in the Scripture that ties into this remembrance, and this is what we'll close with this morning. Luke 22 and 19, Jesus took bread and he gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body which is given for you. What does he say? Do this in what? Do this in remembrance of me. He wanted us to have the booths once a year so we would remember where help comes from. Remember where healing comes from. Remember where the power comes from. But then he says, not only once a year to be reminded, before he left on the night he was betrayed, he says, you're going into the church age now where you're going to be on the front lines of spiritual warfare. And you're going to be advancing my kingdom and you're going to be coming against the powers of darkness And you're going to be putting the devil in his place. And you're going to be holding back the spirit of the Antichrist. And you're going to be ushering in thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's what you're going to do. So he says, I'm going to give you something that you can do as often as you want. But do it in remembrance of what I've provided for you. In remembrance of where your healing comes from. Where your power comes from. Paul brings us to this same remembrance in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-three, 23, he says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Jesus said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same manner, Remembrance and thanksgiving. Remember Sukkot's Thanksgiving. Remembrance. There's a tie here. In the same manner he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat and this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes in remembrance of me.